Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Well, welcome to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens, and as you know, this is the show that respects your intelligence. We bring you the stories that so often the mainstream media ignores, and we also like to bring you strong perspectives from voices that big tech so often seeks to silence. We're going to begin tonight by bringing in Ned Ryan. He is the founder and CEO of the American Majority. You've enjoyed him on this show before. You've read his columns at American Greatness. Ned, so good to have you on, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, no, good to be back with you, Eric. Lots uh, lots to talk about, especially in the first 24, 48 hours of the, the Biden administration. Yeah, let's let's jump right in. I mean, one of the first things Joe Biden did was sign an executive order to cancel the Keystone XL pipeline. And with one sweep of Joe Biden's pen, he wiped out at least 11,000 jobs. What's going on there, Ned? Well, again, I think the thing that's very clear and apparent from the first day of Biden's administration are his real priorities. Not what he has said, not what he has promised to the American people, but who he's actually answering to, whether it's corporate interests or his far left face, because the Keystone Pipeline makes absolutely no sense. It's not even really one of the top issues. And when it is brought up, uh, people have actually agreed because it does lead to energy independence, which, of course, is a national security issue. I thought the thing that was a bit ironic yesterday, uh, Eric, was when the Pipefitters Union, which I would remind people, actually endorsed Joe Biden, started throwing a hissy fit online. Uh, when they saw his actions on the Keystone Pipeline, because it's going to cost thousands of, of their members uh, actual jobs. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of ironic watching these people uh, wondering, where were you the last three to six months? Uh, clearly not paying attention because this shouldn't catch anyone by surprise. Uh, but the, the Pipe Fitters Union, I think, is deeply regretting uh, their endorsement and actually advancement of the Biden candidacy and now administration because it's going to it's going to hurt their their members. Uh, not by the hundreds, but by the thousands. And it's going to hurt us overall as a country. I mean, the only people I think that should be really happy about this far left, uh, and quite frankly, Russia and Saudi Arabia, because it does put into question some of our, our energy independence, where Trump had actually made that a priority and it had gotten us to the point. So I, I think that's something that's going to really be a slap in the face of the American people when they realize, you know, we, we've endangered some of our national security issues, but also, you know, wait for the gasoline prices to jump. Yeah, and I think it is, it's so important to really emphasize here, you go back, you know, people are so focused on the moment, you look back a couple of decades ago, go back to 2000, go back to 2001, the idea that we even had the possibility of an America that was energy independent seemed like a pipe dream to many people. And then President Trump came in, he got it done. And it's an essential thing, as you said, not just for jobs, but it's essential for America's national security. 
And this, this action is not only killing off jobs, but it's also going to potentially make us dependent upon foreign sources of energy again. It's just, it's a real, it's right. a real shame. And I think, you know, one of the things that I, I love that, that you said, Ned, was, you know, it's about the difference between rhetoric versus reality. Uh, we also, right. saw, we saw Joe Biden out at the Lincoln Memorial right after he had signed an executive order saying that you, Ned, you, your family, every one of our viewers, that you would be in violation if you were not wearing a mask on federal property. But Joe Biden didn't need to follow his own rules that he had signed just moments before. What do you make of this? Well, again, it goes back to the, the leftists can't help themselves, right? It, it's rules for thee, but not for me. Uh, right. and, and, but it really does show, Eric, I, I think, and, and this is one of my last later pieces. It wasn't this last piece, but the piece before American Greatness, where it really does show the hypocrisy on this whole coronavirus epidemic, yes. pandemic, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they right. don't even think it is. You know, you know, if you think it's really the Black Plague and then the second coming of the Black Death, you're not going to take your best friends out to French Laundry uh, and drop right. a few thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars on a dinner if you really think that it's that dangerous. You know, if you really thought that it was a very dangerous thing, you'd be wearing your mask at all times as a seven, right. late seventy-something uh, year old man going in, uh, out in public. So they don't even believe their own rules. Uh, again, you'll you'll notice that CNN and others have dropped their uh, the coronavirus ticker. Uh, on their TV because it's no longer a useful political tool to hit Trump upside the head with. And I think you're actually going to see a, a lot of things change on the coronavirus uh, narrative over the next even days and weeks and months uh, because it's no longer useful uh, to take uh, to damage Trump now that Biden's in. And, and, and quite frankly, they don't want to continue because it will damage the Biden administration uh, because I think it's something that regardless of how well an administration responds to coronavirus, there are certain things. It, we're, we're human beings. It's a virus. Uh, there's only so much you can do in the face of, of these things. Uh, and so they're realizing it's not it's no longer a useful narrative. So I think we're going to start to see that fade away. Absolutely. So, Ned, one other big issue that, that, again, the mainstream media hasn't covered a lot, the 1776 Commission, you've been intimately involved. Please give right. our viewers a little background. Tell them what it was, what it did and what Joe Biden just did, please, sir. Yeah, no, I'm a, I was actually an official commissioner. I was appointed by by President Trump to be on the 1776 Commission, which he announced on Constitution Day. Uh, last last year, last September, uh, really to form a commission to have us examine the issue of patriotic education in our public school system and bring it back in a responsible way, Eric. I mean, I, I hope that people have at least looked at and read portions of my book, but we need to have an honest conversation about who we are as a people, what the founders intended, and, and not whitewash it, right? We're right. imperfect. All of us are imperfect human beings in an imperfect world. Our founders were our founders were not demigods, right? They, they were very brilliant men uh, who were very well read and, and thoughtful. And I really do believe the American Republic is the pinnacle of Western civilization. They didn't do everything perfectly, though, and I think we could have been honest about that. So the point of the 1776 Commission was to actually examine in a, a thoughtful way, a realistic way, who we are as a people, what the founders intended with our American public, again, goal of government, all of these things. But also, and I, I made a point, we, I was on one, the, the only, one of the only public calls in which media were on, in which I yeah. said, we, we do ourselves a great disservice for, for ourselves as a nation, but also for future generations to teach the fiction of the 1619 Project, which is truly revisionist history. Let's have an honest conversation. So 
One of the first things, though, that the Biden administration did uh, day one was outlaw was to remove the 1776 commission and, and disband it, no longer having it as an official commission, which is a shame. Uh, I think, again, they're not interested in actually having an honest conversation. Uh, they don't want to have dissent. Uh, they don't want to have opposing thought. And I think you're going to see more of that as we move ahead in the, in the months and days, weeks ahead. You know, it, it, this is the overarching thing, though, Eric. They don't want to have conversations. They don't want to have unity. Their idea of unity is complete conformity and thought and submission. And you dirty little peasants are actually going to get into your thick skulls that Big Brother loves you. And we're either going to compel you to do it uh, or, or maybe you might actually choose to do it of your own volition. But they're, they're not interested in true unity. They're interested in conformity and submission. Yeah, I think one of the things that was so striking for people about the inauguration is that you had Joe Biden standing up there saying, this is about we the people. It's about all of us. And yet, of course, there were no people there because he had fences and barbed wire keeping the American citizens out. Their view of unity seems to be, you better agree with us. That's the only acceptable opinion. The, their idea of That's unity right. is one opinion instead of our founders notion which was that different people would come together, everybody with their own pain, suffering, inside experience, and we'd build a better republic together. Yeah, and that's right. And bringing it into the public arena, into a yes. public square, a public forum, and having conversations about different varying ideas so that we could come to some form of consensus. And, and that's, I mean, one of the reasons I've beaten the drum so hard on big tech, because the internet yeah. is that, that agora that's it's the modern day forum in which people are to come together and you're going to you're going to experience ideas that you don't believe in. you might even experience, you know, some language and thoughts that you find offensive. At the same time, we must have radical free speech to actually have a free society to get to the right place as a people so we can continue to be free, so we can continue to be a healthy society. But they're not interested in that. And no, I think that's the, the, the overall danger, Eric, is you now have this great collusion between big government, big tech yeah. and big corporation in which I think we're going to see as the American people a lot of different pressure points that are going to be a force you know, compelling people to actually change their behavior and their thought process. And, and I've told my wife, we've got 18 months to two years to really figure this out, to bring about electoral reform so we can actually change the power structure and dynamic in this country. Well, I think we've got real problems moving ahead. Absolutely. And let's talk for just, just one minute uh, in, the, in the time we've got, got left here, Ned. Again, you've seen big government, big tech coming together with the establishment. And I think one of the things that has made so many Americans, especially people who had identified as Republicans, as conservatives, so upset is to see the establishment side with big tech, or at least not put up any opposition to this tremendous assault on the free speech rights, not just of the president of the United States and of his allies, but of Americans across the board. What do you say, 30 seconds, it seems to me the conflict in this country isn't really between Republicans and Democrats, but it's between the American people and the establishment and the swamp. What's your opinion, Ned? No, absolutely. I've been saying this for years. It's between the ruling class that's running the corrupt and broken system in D.C. and the American people. It's the outsiders versus the insiders uh, and really deciding who's actually going to ultimately run this system of government and, and a government that's meant to be of, by, and for the people to advance and promote the American people's interests. And 
you know, if you look back on day one, none of Biden's first moves had anything to do with advancing the priorities and interests of the American people. The time for us to dig in and do the real work to actually get back to where we can actually run this form of government. Awesome. Ned, 20 seconds. Uh, share, share with folks uh, the name of your book and where, where they can find you online. Uh, Restoring Our Republic. Uh, you can find it at Amazon.com. And then I would encourage people, even though Twitter is probably going to ban me this year, follow me on Twitter uh, at Ned Ryan, N-E-D-R-Y-U-N. Awesome. That's Ned Ryan, folks, CEO and founder of the American Majority. You can catch his columns at American Greatness. We'll be right back. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Well, welcome back to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens. As you know, we've got a fantastic team here at Real America's Voice, and one of the things that we always pride ourselves on is reaching out to you, our viewers, getting your insights and ideas and building them into our program. One of the folks on the network who I think does the very best job of that is Miranda Khan. She is the host of News On. You've seen her here at Real America's Voice, and I wanted to bring her in today to get her sense for some of the biggest issues that folks around the country are asking about. Miranda, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me on your program. You bet. Miranda, first, uh, one of the things that obviously a lot of people watched and they reacted to were the executive orders that Joe Biden set, set, you know, set out in his very first few hours in office. I know that you canvassed broadly across the country. You asked folks for their opinion, their reaction to those. What are you hearing from viewers around the country about those executive orders? Well, you know, one of the things that we really try to do, as you know, is to not limit certain voices right. from being on our program, you know, and I think it's important that we do that. Now, having said that, certain people are critical of that. I've had some conservatives saying, why do you have this Democrat? were this liberal and I point to the fact that that would be hypocrisy right we believe in freedom of speech we see what's going on with social media if I silence yes. their voices how are we right. any better than the leftist journalists that are silencing conservative voices so right. a lot of mixed reaction I will say the vast majority have been echoing the sentiment that we've been hearing pretty much across the country that how is this a way to unify the country Mm -hmm. Right. Because that is what we heard President Biden sit there and say during his speech. Right. Calls to unify the country, bring right. everyone together. But his actions, as you know, were to reverse many of the executive orders, um, not reverse the executive orders, but implement yeah. executive orders that would reverse many of the Trump administration's policies. So a lot of people up in arms saying, you know, the words don't match the action. Yeah, yeah, and and Miranda, and I do think I want to I want to touch on that point. I think it is so important. One of the things that I do love about this network is that we have so many people who watch us. Obviously, lots of conservatives, but we also have liberals. We have Republicans. We have yeah. Democrats. 
We have tons of independents who are out there. And I think one of the things that we've always emphasized is that we do believe in freedom of expression. We don't right. believe in censorship. And we do believe that if you actually hear different voices, then the best ideas are going to rise, uh, rise to the top. Um, yes, obviously, civil discussion. We need to yeah. get back to that, right? <laughs> Now, Miranda, one of the things, obviously, the big event of this week was, of course, the inauguration. And again, you do a great job of reaching out to folks, asking them about their opinions, their thoughts. What were you hearing from folks about the inauguration itself? Yeah, that was a really interesting one. I expected to at least hear something, whether it was negative or positive. And frankly, what I heard from the vast majority of our viewers was that they were not watching. Um, nice. You know, and I'm proud of this network for actually airing that coverage because I think we should. Uh, it is an historical event. We need to do that. Uh, but a lot of people said, you know, love your network, not watching. And I think that, you know, a lot of people who were in favor of President Trump are still mourning that loss. And some are still believe that he is going to end up in office, that the election yes. is still not over. So a lot of them told me, you know. Sorry, not watching. Love you guys. Right. <laughs> now, and on that specifically, too, you know, one of the things you're obviously down in Palm Beach. That's where President yeah. Trump flew down to on Inauguration Day. Uh, we covered his farewell address. We covered his arrival there in Palm Beach. I wanted to get first uh, your sense for what it was actually like being on the ground there, what you saw in terms of the reception as President Trump came back to Florida. Well, just to clarify, I wasn't actually on the ground when it sure. happened. However, I have lived in this state for a number of years, and I can tell you uh, there have been several rallies in favor of this president. A lot of people love him, adore him, and have been lining up the streets multiple times. We've seen some of those boat parades. Uh, Dr. Gina Loudon, as you know, our president of programming, she was actually on Palm Beach covering it. I mean, it was just lines and lines of people out there supporting him and welcoming him home. Yeah, it was. I have to say it was a striking contrast when you saw what was happening in Washington, D.C., where, you know, American citizens were actually kept away from the inauguration and kept away with large fences and barbed wire <laughs> on a cold day. And then you had down in Florida, President Trump's arrival. You had thousands of people out on the streets on, on a sunny day. Now, on, that, on the, the topic of President Trump, I know you recently had a bipartisan panel on your show mm -hmm. talking about the possibilities for President Trump's future. Uh, and I know that you also reached out again to a lot of our viewers getting their opinions. What'd you learn from the panel and what are you hearing from our viewers? Uh, well, it's interesting. So a couple of things, uh, you know, we had our very own Amanda Head on, who was part of that panel. Yes. Love having her on as a guest, a very intelligent woman. And, you know, a lot of people have been hearing this talk about this new party, this new patriot party, if you will. And, I, you know, she actually surprised me on this one because I've heard a number of Republicans uh, dismiss this idea, say it's not a reality. And if it happened, it would be the worst thing uh, to happen to the Republican Party and actually a gift for the Democrats. But she actually disagreed with that and explained why she thought a Patriot Party would work. 
And then what we heard from Robin Biro, who used to be a regional campaign director actually for President Obama, what was interesting is he said, I could see a Patriot Party, if you will, in terms of the Tea Party. And he necessarily, he didn't necessarily was against that idea. He actually thought that could be a good thing for the Republican Party. So that is yeah. what we heard from our panel. Uh, as far as our viewers, this is really interesting. So a lot of, I mentioned earlier, yes. a lot of viewers are still mourning the loss of this election. Mm -hmm. Uh, but there are some who still believe this isn't over and right. actually believe that the president is going to come back. They're actually thinking that the United States is no longer going to be the United States, that he is going to become the president of the republic and that he is going to take office March 4th. Uh, I've heard this from a few people. Interesting take. I'm curious to know if you've heard this as well. Yeah, you know, Miranda, I, I actually I haven't heard I haven't heard that uh, specifically. Uh, though though I will say one of the things that I have heard to just to touch on your your piece about about the party is I have heard a lot of analysis of people kind of looking back historically talking about the development of different parties in the country. Of course, the Republican Party was was a new party when when Lincoln and his team uh, kind of came into office. A lot of people forget that for a long time there was a Whig party in the United States. We have had other Republican parties when Teddy Roosevelt, of course, left. Teddy Roosevelt, who also was a champion of the people, Teddy Roosevelt, who was hated by the Republican establishment, ultimately set up the Bull Moose Party um, and actually ran against Taft, his successor, of course, lost and Woodrow Wilson uh, became president. And other people have made the analogy uh, also to the Tea Party, which of course didn't become an official right. political party, but was a really strong movement within the conservative party. So um, I think what is for sure is that there's a tremendous amount of energy out there in the country, and you know we're going to see what uh, we're going to see. Obviously, what uh, what comes of what comes of that. Um, what other yeah. one other? Well, there's no doubt that he's definitely redefined the party. You know, where yes. it goes from here, we'll just have to see what happens. Yes. And then one other thing, I know you were also surveying your view, viewers. A lot of people very, you know, uh, lots of reactions we've seen on social media to the fact that, you know, Joe Biden takes office and what do you have on the second day? Antifa is again rioting um, right. in the streets. And we had National Guardsmen who were sent out of the Capitol and thousands of them, you know, having to kind of make do in a parking garage in Washington, D.C. What, what kind of reaction are we getting from our viewers? Uh, from our viewers, I think a lot of people are just as outraged as some of these governors are that have now um, asked for their National Guard troops to return back home. They are absolutely appalled by the images that we're seeing. I think that's pretty much across the board, whether you're on the left or the right or somewhere in between, uh, as far as that goes. I think the interesting one is you brought up Antifa. Uh, mm -hmm. A lot of people, at least on the right, seem surprised to see that action happen. I mean, I was hearing people saying, what, what are they upset about? Their guy won, why, why are they upset? Um, but what was interesting is you mentioned that bipartisan panel that I recently had on. We had Robin Biro on and he said, you know, I condemn Antifa. I'm not surprised at all. They are so far away from the moderate Democrats. I think we need to condemn them. 
And we need to see more of that. Now, whether or not we'll see that from the Democratic Party remains to be seen. But I thought that was interesting because he said he's not. And he said that over and over again. Yeah, I think one of the big challenges and the big questions is going to be to see, like, how far the far left can push Biden to the left. Um, yeah. And we're seeing, you know, in his in his appointments, uh, a lot of people are kind of looking at these appointments to see how many of these folks are actually going to be coming uh, from uh, the far left. Well, again, Miranda, I so appreciate yeah. you us appreciate what you do reaching out to our viewers around the country getting their views and their perspectives and then willing to come on actionable intelligence to share them here again folks in case you generally tune into real america's voice at night you can catch miranda khan on news on every day at noon eastern 11 central she does a fantastic job we'll stay right with us here on actionable intelligence we'll be back in just a moment CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Well, welcome back to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens. As we wrap up this big news week, we wanted to bring in Joe Weber. He is the news editor at justthenews.com. You've seen him here before. We've got a lot of big stories to go over from this week, Joe, but one in particular that right now is the headline at justthenews.com has to do with whether or not Pelosi and McConnell were warned about potential violence at the Capitol and the fact that their offices haven't commented. What's the latest there? I'll tell you that, as you know, our CEO and chief investigative reporter, John Solomon, uh, when originally the reports were that uh, Pelosi knew, he said, look, fair and balanced, let's make sure that we find out whether McConnell is new too. So we've pressed both of their offices daily. They haven't given a response. Um, it's unusual, uh, I think, two or th if you're asking two or three times, so at least suggest that they're not going to make a comment. But they haven't said anything yet. And uh, whether it's, I don't really think the issue is whether, you know, Justin News needs to know, but Justin News would like to know for the American public, you know, what they knew and when, because uh, obviously if you had intelligence on uh, this uh, siege on the Capitol building and you didn't react to that or get, you know, the troops or you know, police that you needed in place, then um, it's on you, and you you owe that response to the American people about why that didn't happen. And we're going yeah, to keep on keep on asking. Yeah, and just to just to break that down again for our viewers, you know, the sergeant at arms of the House reports to Nancy Pelosi, the sergeant at arms of the Senate reports to Mitch McConnell, and they, if they had intelligence, Pelosi and McConnell that there was likely to be an, an attack on the Capitol, then it would have been on them to make sure that they had the proper reinforcements, that they'd taken action to help to secure, secure the Capitol. They rushed through an impeachment of President Trump in record time on this issue, and yet they haven't themselves answered about what they knew and when. So we appreciate 
uh, Joe, you and the team there at Just the News, just digging in for answers. We just want to know. Uh, we want to know know the facts. Um, Speaking, Joe, about you know folks who've taken action against uh, President Trump, uh, Liz Cheney very prominently came out and voted to impeach President Trump. We understand now she's drawing some some opposition. What's what's the latest there? Well, we have uh, right when the Democrat-controlled House voted to impeach, she was among ten uh, House Republicans who voted in favor of that. However, she is the third highest ranking Republican uh, in the chamber. So immediately uh, that was met with a lot of backlash by some of the most conservative members of the party uh, in the conference, the House Republican conference there, including Andy Biggs, who is a part of the uh, Freedom Caucus. Uh, they tried with two petitions. Uh, House Minority Leader McCarthy has not responded to both of them. But uh, just uh, Wednesday, she got a primary challenge from a state senator in Wyoming by the name of Anthony uh, Bouchard, who said that she is, quote unquote, out of touch with the voters. Now, 70 percent of Wyoming uh, res uh, voters voted in favor of President Trump. So uh, I think he's probably on pretty solid ground on making that assertion. And uh, I can tell you also that the state Republican Party uh, had a lot of things to say opposed to uh, chairwoman, chairwoman um, Cheney uh, voting again, voting for impeachment. They were also uh, very opposed to that. They did not endorse Bouchard, but they said they expressed a lot of dissatisfaction with her choice. Mm -hmm. And Joe, you guys have also, uh, you and your team have been doing a lot of reporting on the big question that's on many people's minds of what President Trump uh, might do next. Uh, here at Real America's Voice, we covered his return to Palm Beach. Uh, we spoke earlier with Miranda Khan, who had a bipartisan panel of folks on talking about what might happen. But we understand that you've got some, some folks uh, who you've interviewed who've actually talked about what might be next for the president. Yeah, this little hot tip to Carrie Sheffield, the host of our uh, Just the News AM. It's our morning show. And she had Jason Miller, who's been a spokesman for the um, president, uh, Team Trump, particularly, uh, specifically the campaign when uh, he was going for re-election. And what he told her was that he was actually aboard Air Force One when he was, it was headed to Florida for the president's going to now spend his time at his resort, Mar-a-Lago home, and that he's very interested in um, selection integrity uh, initiative. Yeah. As you know, uh, he raised a lot of concerns about how the uh, 2020 election voting was handled, particularly about um, the blanket um, spreading out of uh, ballots without even people requesting them. He raised some concerns about that. And I think, you know, if I'm time to take a look at it objectively, I would say not to be an opinionator, but it's probably a pretty good strategy for him. It's an issue that's of concern to him and many Americans. As you know, they were concerned about voter fraud and whether the machines worked well. So this is a probably a pretty good strategy for him to keep his name, as they say, you know, um, in the conversation. And it's a legitimate um, issue for him to continue to, you know, be a part of the discourse. Well, you'd also you'd hope it would be a concern. You talk about, you know, how do you unite people? You would hope that every American would agree that we should have election integrity and that it will be something that we could actually bring uh, bring people together on. Now, speaking about elections, integrity and, you know, the different ways that different candidates were treated, the number one trending story 
at justthenews.com right now is still that the FBI feared that there was a foreign power that was targeting money to Clinton before the 2016 election. And John Solomon has broken down the big difference between how Clinton's team was treated in 2016 and how Trump's team uh, was treated. If you could just give our viewers some background on that story, please. Well, what's really interesting is the fact that um, you know they were working on this intelligence, but they nevertheless chose decided uh, that their you know their bigger interest was to try to pursue this uh, Russian collusion investigation uh, against the Trump campaign. When um, just time and time again, John has you know proven the fact that um, you know the steel the so-called steel dossier that uh, suggested that uh, there was collusion was not valid. Um, that the a lot of this was being pushed by the Clinton campaign to try to defer um, attention to the emails um, that she had used in, that were coming through her private server instead of uh, the official one, which was far more secure as Secretary of State. So once again, it just appears as if, uh, you know, that the FBI had chosen what it was going to investigate and what it was not. And it really wasn't based on a matter of priority or facts, but uh, what it chose to do. And um, John continues reporting on this. Uh, this. A lot of these documents have been declassified. He has gotten to see a lot of them. Uh, more stories to come from him on this. Awesome. Well, Joe, we appreciate you. Obviously, John and, and, the, and the whole team continuing to, uh, to investigate that. Uh, you know, earlier in the program, we we're talking with uh, Ned Ryan, who was a member of Trump's 1776 commission. Uh, he talked a little bit about the purposes of that commission. We've got a story up at justthenews.com right now about the commission and also about what Joe Biden has done to it. If you could just give our give our viewers a quick brief there. Yeah, very quickly. Uh, he issued a bunch of executive orders on the first day, as you well know, the, the mask uh, you know, challenge, uh, 100 million vaccines, the Keystone Pipeline, and also the 1776 commission that President Trump uh, commission and issued a final report basically on Trump's last day talking about, um, you know, patriotic education. This is sort of a response to a New York Times report that suggested that um, we haven't really taken a look at um, how slavery was one of the largest issues that sort of shaped this country. And then he just uh, in his in his executive order, he just dismantled the committee and basically uh, said that the report that it issued its 45 page report disregard that it's it's not valid. Wow. And, and Joe, another another story I want to draw uh, our viewers' attention to, and obviously they can go and read it uh, at a, out at justthenews.com, has to do with big tech. Now, there's obviously been a tremendous uh, amount of problems with polls in general, but there's currently a poll out that says 80% of Americans, and even if that's off by a little bit, that's a whole lot of Americans are yeah. looking to actually constrain the power of big tech. Uh, give, give our folks a brief on that, if you would. Yeah. Well, just saying, polling real quick, uh, you know, the margin of error there, no matter how big it is, still 80%, you're not going to find that, that that's skewed. Here's the thing. Um, I think that this issue is uh, somehow it's been, you know, sort of championed or perceived to be championed by uh, conservatives or Republicans. But this is an issue that uh, cuts across all spectrums, all political stripes, Democrat, Republican, independent, young, old. Uh, it's not so much an issue. I mean, uh, certainly this concern about big tech companies and their ability to, uh, you know, censor uh, 
third party content, uh, despite the fact that it's not theirs and then been shooting of it. That's a big issue. But taking a larger ish look, you know, Congress has been at this now for four years about um, the, the, the gathering of personal data um, mm -hmm. from users and then using that, um, selling, uh, using that to sell advertising uh, to quote unquote silo information so that you're only really seeing if someone wanted to, who was controlling something like Facebook or Twitter, only the information they want you to see. So, you know, all Americans should take interest in this. You know, Congress has tried to do something about it. Uh, they don't, particularly Republican controlled Senate doesn't want to be a legislator, you know, regulator, big business or, or tech, but um, I, they continue to take a look at this. And I think we're going to see before time that that's, that's going to happen and Congress will move in. Awesome. Well, Joe, we very much appreciate that roundup. Uh, and as always, appreciate you and the entire team at justthenews.com. Again, folks, that's Joe Weber. He's the news editor of Just the News, and he and his team, including, of course, John Solomon, do an incredible job. And as you know, at justthenews.com, for Joe, his team, all of his reporters, they always have a dig in section so that you can go yourself and you can look at the original documents that the reporters are using to write their stories, including in some of John Solomon's latest stories, the original FBI reports from people who were involved in the Russia collusion hoax. Well, folks, stay right with us. We're gonna be back with more actionable intelligence in just a minute. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all wheel drive and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, welcome to Actionable Intelligence. I'm Eric Greitens. And as we wrap up this week, we wanted to do so with a friend of the show. You've seen him here before. You've enjoyed him here before. Is Andrew Wilkow. He's got the Wilkow Majority radio show on Sirius XM Patriot Radio. He's also got the show Wilkow on, Wilkow on Blaze TV. Andrew, it's so good to have you here. Let me just jump right in. Day two of the Biden administration, and we've got Antifa rioting again, and the National Guard sent to a parking garage in Washington, D.C. What's happening, man? All right. Well, first of all, jokingly, we could call it the National Garage, right? Because that's where these troops have been banished after their photo op, right? So there was no armed revolution. Trump yeah. left quietly at 8.30 in the morning. He did leave a nice letter for Joe Biden. All the hysteria of the media, none of it came, came true. But maybe some of those guys should be transferred to Portland. Now, they can't blame, you know, it's the old saying about Nixon. They don't have Trump to kick around anymore. So right. what's, the, what's the media to do? Just not answer questions about why Joe Biden and his family weren't wearing masks after signing an executive order? Um, you know, they got to own this now. And we've already seen the media is projecting, right? The tough question that Jen Psaki got on day one, are they going to change the color scape of the interior of Air Force One? Hey, uh, <laughs> they're <laughs> telling us they have no intention of asking these people tough questions. Yeah, it, 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 it's absolute craziness. And I want to say, you know, personally, look, 
Joe Biden's now the commander in chief. He's responsible. Nope. You've got thousands of troops in the National Guard being sent to a parking garage. And there's no statement from Joe Biden, the commander in chief, even saying, hey, this is this was wrong. This was something that shouldn't have happened. I want to go now, Andrew. I want to play a little clip from when Joe Biden was being defended by his press secretary for not wearing a mask. And keep in mind, Andrew, for you, for your family, for all of our viewers, after Joe Biden signed this executive order, if you'd gone to the Lincoln Memorial and you hadn't worn a mask, there would have been consequences, but not for Joe Biden. Have a listen here. Go ahead. Why weren't President Biden and all members of the Biden family masked at all times on federal lands last night if he signed an executive order that mandates masks on federal lands at all times? At the inaugural at the memorial, yes. I, I think, Steve, he was celebrating uh, an evening uh, of a historic day in our country. And certainly he signed the mask mandate because it's a way to send a message to the American public about the importance of uh, wearing masks, how it can save tens of thousands of lives. We take a number of COVID precautions, as you know here, in terms of testing, social distancing, mask wearing ourselves, as, as we do every single day. But I don't know that I have more for you on it than that. But as uh, Joe Biden often talks about, uh, it is not just important the uh, example of power, but the power of our example. Was that a good example for people who are watching who might not pay attention uh, normally? Well, Steve, I think uh, the power of his example is also uh, the message he sends by sign signing 25 executive orders, including um, almost half of them related to COVID. Uh, the requirements that we're all under every single day here to ensure we're sending that message to the public. Yesterday was a historic moment in our history. He was inaugurated as president of the United States. He was surrounded by his family. We take a number of precautions, but... I don't think I think we have big bigger issues to, to worry about at this moment in time. Andrew, they said the rules that Joe Biden yeah. just signed into law don't apply to him because he was celebrating. Well, if I were Kaylee McEnany, I already would have tossed my beer at the TV. Um, <laughs> it, it, we saw this, though, with the George Floyd protests and the Lakers winning the NBA championship. Right. Only Trump rallies were super spreaders. Not thousands of people, you know, rallying around the, the, the L.A. Lakers in front, of, in front of the arena. That wasn't a super spreader. They actually said, well, the George Floyd, this is, this is about the First Amendment. Well, how would a Trump rally also not be about the First Amendment? They've actually created this very smart virus that only knows who to infect and when. So if the Bidens are standing around and they're elderly, and there is an issue. Uh, it's well, it's it's history. You have to understand. Now, if we just applied this like normal people and said, "Look, I, I'm sure you guys took precautions. I, I'm sure you were standing six feet away from non-family members. It is, you know, the the inauguration." If we just applied that through the Trump years, none of us would be talking about the utter hypocrisy that the Democrats want us to live live with. Well, I think it is. There's tremendous hypocrisy and there's this tremendous double standard. You know, I think that there are millions of Americans who'd love to celebrate opening their own businesses again. There are millions of Americans who'd love to celebrate being able to send their kids back to school again. There are millions of Americans who'd love to celebrate being able to go to church again freely and interact with people. But instead, Joe Biden 
says, no, you can't come together. You can't be on federal lands without a mask. And then immediately he breaks his own rule. It's really, really unfortunate to see. Let's also get your thoughts, Andrew. Some of Biden's first moves. We talked about this earlier in the program. One of the first things he does, he signs an executive order. He kills the Keystone XL pipeline. He kills at least 11,000 jobs hurting at least 11,000 families and imperiling America's energy independence. What are your thoughts? Well, you got to couple that with the reentry into the Paris Climate Accord. Now, I have not seen the document, but the Associated Press is reporting that he signed a legally binding document that has now been transmitted to the United Nations. I don't remember there being a vote in the Senate. Um, that is wholly unconstitutional. If Donald Trump could be impeached for a phone call, then the president of the United States who's seeking to bind our entire economy, all 50 states, every hole and corner to this parrot climate agreement without any vote in the Senate. I'm, I'm not going to go ahead and use the I word right away, but look what he's doing. We're killing the Trans-Canada pipeline. There's a million different names for it, right? We're killing this pipeline that was supposed to bring us even more energy relief. Right. To bring down energy prices even further for, for average Americans. Now we're going to raise energy prices. And then on top of that, we're going to agree to these international or European-based standards that China's never going to abide by. So China's going to build pipelines. China's mm -hmm. going to build new oil rigs. China's not going to abide by any of this carbon output. And then you know what's going to happen when they want to give everybody $2,000 a month to not work? We're going to have to borrow money from China. Yeah, it, it's, it's deeply, deeply disturbing. And I think one of the things that's also striking to people is how quickly Biden moved right to the left. I mean, this is a guy who was endorsed by the pipe fitters union. And then the first day in office, he comes in and he wipes out thousands of pipe fitters jobs. I think that it's this discord between the rhetoric of unity, this rhetoric of bringing Americans together compared to a reality of an inaugural where Americans were kept away with fences and barbed wire. And immediately the first actions are that he's going to take away thousands of jobs. The first actions are he's going to make it illegal for you and your family to visit the Lincoln Memorial without a mask, but he's going to go ahead and do just that. I think it's very, very disturbing to, to, to a lot of folks. Andrew, I know one of the things you and I have also talked about a lot is the way that the left allowed violence to be perpetuated throughout the summer in cities across the country, where we saw it again with Biden now in office, Antifa's back to work. What do you make of this? Well, I, look, I all violence matters, right? I think that's what makes that's, us different than them, is that yes. I don't apologize for the yahoos that stormed the Capitol. Huh? I mean, Let's not uh, let's let's make sure that we keep it in context. Right. Riots were no longer riots. They were unrest. Uh, stealing the speaker's gavel is not like pulling the sword from the stone. You know, it's not like you get the Dakota ring and now you're the government. These were a bunch of yahoos that broke the law and they should be held accountable, whether they're yes. wearing MAGA hats or dressed all in black. But the, the Democrats and their allies in the media See, it starts screaming sedition and insurrection. They had no problem with the nightly firebombing of the federal court in Portland, Oregon, which, by the way, is continuing. But in a in a funny irony, 
Antifa attacked the Oregon Democratic Party headquarters with graffiti that says F Biden. So look, these are your friends. You own it now. You control the House. You control the Senate. You've got the White House. You control these big blue states. This is all on you, people. We're, we're just passing around the popcorn. Absolutely. And Andrew, what are you, when you look at the, the movement that President Trump created, you obviously have tens of millions of Americans who not only voted for him, but many of whom are now really disgusted with the Republican establishment. Um, what do you make of this? You talk to, again, to, to your listeners and viewers all over the country. Uh, what are you hearing from them? I think the president's time when this all settles down, right, he's kicking back at Mar-a-Lago, as he should, for, for three and a half years of an incredible economic growth and energy independence. The man's got a right to, you know, kick back. I mean, I know he doesn't drink beer, but, you know, in, enjoy himself. My sincere hope is I, I get a vibe that uh, he's going to spend some time in Kentucky if there's a primary challenge. He's going to spend some time in in some of these states uh, like Utah if there's a primary challenge, and he should. You know, some of these senators that uh, uh, the swamp is back, right? We know it. We're already hearing about the power sharing agreement between McConnell and Schumer. Yep. McConnell, Schumer, and Biden have known each other since, what, 30 years? We, we know exactly how they're going to play uh, with one another. It's time to start primarying these guys. You know, the proof is the base is the majority of the party. You know, the Bushes, the Cheneys, the Romneys, you know, all of these guys, they don't constitute the power anymore. And, and look, Trump is not going away, nor should he. I don't know if he plans on running in 2024. He's got my vote already if he does. But what I'd really love to see is him be the force to be reckoned with in 2022 in the midterms. Awesome. Again, folks, that is Andrew Wilkow. Check out the Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot Radio. And you can also see his show, Wilkow on the Blaze. And that's it for Actionable Intelligence for this week. We'll see you again on Monday.